things. It says, believe in a miracle, but don't depend on them. Uh, everybody always wants a miracle, but they don't want to do nothing to, to get that thing going. What y'all do is get up and do something. Uh, when you hear a kind word spoken about a friend, tell him so. Nothing wrong with telling somebody something good. Uh, never order barbecue. I like this one. Never order barbecue in a restaurant where all the chairs match. That's not barbecue, man. They don't know what they're doing if they do that. Uh, spoil your spouse, not your children. The worst thing you'd ever do is spoil a kid. Uh, never make fun of people who speak broken English. It means they know another language. How about that one? These are really Remember, it's not your job to get people to like you. It's your job to like people. Now, you might think this is kind of crazy stuff, but this world, you know what they need to do? They need to see some people that just are, uh, here you go, buy great books even if you never intend to read them. Uh, live beneath your means. Uh, be the first to say hello. Plant flowers every spring. Sing in the shower, man. Do something. Uh, you know, life is short. Take your Bibles, go to... Uh, uh, first King or First Samuel. I mentioned this Sunday, and I, I said I was going to do a message on it, and I couldn't get the thing out of my mind. I was thinking about David, and, and uh, you've got a whole life ahead of you. Uh, young people, this is uh, to you. Older people, we got we're there in some cases, but uh, you still have a whole life ahead of you. And, and what would you do if you don't waste that life? Uh, you never know what the Lord's going to do for you. You never know what He's going to do with you. Uh, but if you don't do anything, he won't do a thing. I'll tell you that right now. You got to get involved in 1 Samuel 20. David, uh, David is a great man, a uh, great man of God. He always was. Uh, but he's like all of us in a sense. 1 Samuel, Samuel 20, verse 1. Read just a couple verses, say a couple things. and Well, if you listen to the news, you're listening to government, you listen to anybody that's like... They don't want you to just sit down and quit. Look at John Becker. He has his hip replaced uh, Tuesday, got up after the surgery, came home, right? So uh, if you need a new hip, you can go to Hips R Us. And uh, <laughs> apparently they can. I was telling uh, Brother Joe Harris about it. He called and was concerned about him. And I said, yeah, it sounds like he's out already. He goes, what? I said, yeah, I used to, man. It's like a four-day surgery, and you had to be in the hospital for six months and rehab and everything else. Now they just throw you out the door as soon as you're done. Uh, First uh, Samuel 21 says, And David fled from Naoth, fled from Naoth in uh, Ramah, and came and said, uh, uh, and, and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before thy father, that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid that thou, should, uh, thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, uh, but that he will show it me. And why should my father hide this uh, thing from me? It is not so. And David swore moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. And, is, and he said, Let not Jonathan uh, know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. Father, thank you for your blessing today. Thank you for this message. And Lord, I just pray that it would be a message that would comfort our hearts. And Father, again, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Do pray for the pains tonight, Lord. They're up here in age two. Lord, their ministries are slowing down because they're in ministries, Lord, that's in and out of hospitals and nursing homes. Uh, Lord, I just pray you keep encouraging him uh, just to keep on keeping on. And like he said, Lord, that the Lord is coming back. You're coming back soon, uh, but Lord, we don't know how soon. Lord, I just pray that you'd encourage us all tonight and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. David, 
David, I mentioned this Sunday. I'll mention it again. I think it's a great message. Uh, David, David was worried. He said, there's a step between me and death. And Dr. Robin's got a message on that, which I thought was a great message. Uh, and, he, and he had, he was talking about uh, John Wesley. He said, John Wesley wrote, at 51, he wrote his epitaph. He lived to be 83. That was 30 years later. Uh, he knew exactly what he's going to write on his gravestone, but his gravestone wasn't put into the ground till 30 years. David's 25 right here when he says that statement. There's but a step between me and death. And, and in his mind, he thinks that Saul is going to kill him in a heartbeat. Uh, but that's not true. Dr. Roman said this, and I'm going to give you his points, but I, that, I got a whole other message on top of this one. Uh, it is a certain step. It's an un, it, it is an uncertain step. It's a solemn step. You, go, you know what? You're going to die by yourself. You may have a lot of people, but when you take that last breath, you're going to be by yourself. You're going to be with Jesus Christ in a second, if you're saved. It's a solemn step. It's a solitary step. It's a parting step. <laughs> you're going, and you ain't coming back, man. They, they say, oh, I had this, I seen this light at the end of the tunnel. You weren't dead yet, man. I mean, when you're dead, you're dead. It's a party. I like Jesus Christ. I don't know why people get all mad. He said, let the dead bury the dead. That's mean. You would think that's a mean statement. I think that's the coolest statement in the whole wide world. You know what he says? Get your mind where it belongs. Serve God. It's a final step. It's over. Once, they, once it's done, it's over. But however common, if David would have took that right then and there and went and found some hole to, to hide in, and uh, Elijah did the same thing. He's up on top of the mountain, and, and uh, Ahab was going to kill him, and he goes hides under a juniper tree. Uh, it takes some time to get his mind squared away where it is, and he gets up and goes on and serves God. I'll put it on when I'm ready to put it on. I'll just stand right here. You don't tell me what to do, woman. She's trying to tell me put it on. I'm going to be stubborn now and not put it on. Now I'm going to put it on. I've, I've done my stubborn thing. So see there. I can be the man. Hang on. Is that working? Testing one. Yeah, it's working. Amen. Amen. It's working. You want me to start all over? No, I won't. David is sitting here, and he, and I, I tell you what, as I was reading this, I was just sitting there going, I got to, I get encouraged with stuff like this. He says, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. He's talking to Jonathan, his good friend. There's nothing wrong with having good friends. Friends are great to have. Sometimes they'll encourage you. Jonathan's out there shooting arrows. I don't know if I want to be around a good friend shooting arrows at me. But he's shooting arrows, and he, he tells the lad to do this, and the lad does that, and he brings the arrows, gives it back to him. They start talking. Jonathan's not out to kill David. Jonathan is, is a friend of David. He wants, he wants David. But if David would have stopped right there, you know what a lot of us, you hear us all the time talking about the rapture. The rapture's going to happen. You might hit the grave before the rapture ever happens. But you might be here when the rapture happens, but you don't know when that's going to be. If you stop and do absolutely nothing, what are you going to do? What are you going to have to say if the Lord does tarry for 20 years? 30 years. What are you going to say? You know, I, I talked to Jake. Uh, we got a, a young man out of our church. He's over in uh, Europe right now. Actually, you're not Europe, in Afghanistan. And he said, Mike, he gives a preacher. He goes, somebody, he goes, I talked to one of my senior enlisted guys. And he was telling me some stuff. And he looked at me. And he said, Jake. He goes, he called him something else. I was going to call him petty officer, but he's not a petty officer. He's, he's an airman. He said, uh, when did you enlist in the Air Force? Or he said, when did you join the Air Force? And uh, he, said, I, he said, I had to think about that for a second. And I said, da-da-da, 2018. He goes, no, 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 I didn't say when you enlisted. He said, I was asking when you joined. 
And then he goes, all of a sudden, he goes, I realized that he said, hey, Lord, I got saved on so-and-so. When did I become a Christian? You know, that's something you have to do. It isn't something that just happens miraculously that one day you trust Jesus Christ. No, you have to want to become that. You know what David wanted to be? He wanted to be, a, well, he was told he's going to be king. But after you have a javelin thrown at you five or six times, you think, man, it's going to be over really, really soon, and I need to get out of Dodge. You know what would happen? You start looking at David's life, and there's just a bunch of things that would have not occurred if David would have sit down and just quit. David wasn't that way. You know what you got to do? Me and we all have to sit up and say, okay, I got a, I got a little house up there. And I, if there's one thing I hate more than anything else is trying to correct some issues that's been going on for a long, long time. But I've been working on it, I think, a couple months anyways. I am tired of working on a house. But you know what? I'll never get rid of it if I don't work on it. You can't stop no matter what goes on. This world is insane. They're sitting there talking about all the viruses and the shots and this and that and the other. Uh, some people, we're, we're, we're not going to take the shot. We're going to take the shot. Uh, we're thinking about taking the shot. Or if it's not that, it's something else. you got to throw all that stuff out the window. Everybody's telling you now they're going to fire you if you don't take the shot. I don't know what y'all are going to do to me because I'm not going to take the shot, so y'all can make up your mind. <laughs> you want to get rid of me, you can. I don't see no reason to take it unless they come up and tell me I have to take it for someone unless they knock me down. In, in Australia, I heard that they were taking little kids out of families' houses and giving them the shot whether they wanted it or not. I'm telling you what, this place is crazy. If you let that fear get into your life, you know what you'll do? You'll go find a corner and hide somewhere and not do nothing. I talk to people all the time. They just, they're scared. They're scared. That, why? I, I don't even think about it. Most of the times, if you didn't even mention it to me all day, I wouldn't even have thought about it. I don't think about what goes on. I don't care what the government does. They sit there and say, well, did you hear what Biden did? Is he still president? <laughs> does he know he's still president? <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. It's, I haven't got time in a day's time to even think about that stuff. Now, I got a whole, old, uh, Steve called today, I got a whole driveway full of wood. You want something to do? Come on over, man. We'll stack it. I got a couple ladies said they're going to stack it. We'll see if they do. But David experienced sorrow and death, the death of Samuel. 1 Samuel 25. I'm just going to hit a couple things real quick. Go to 1 Samuel 25, a couple pages over. I could have gone through here and hit all this stuff. Then Samuel died. You know, David... You get a man like Samuel in your life, and, and you can trust him. And Samuel anointed David to be king, and David probably thought that Samuel was going to be there. If a, First of all, he anointed him king, and whenever Samuel said something, it usually happened. And those men, when they all talked, it usually happened. But, but you're sitting there now, he's dead, and, and you've got this fear in your mind that you're not sure what the future holds. But you know what David was learning his whole life? Is that God's got your future. Don't sit down and just think, oh, hey, find out. Sister Sarah said she's going to get a job as a professor. She's going to teach. I guess that's what professors do, isn't it? Or they just profess. <laughs> they make other people teach, and they just do what they do. But I'm telling you what, you know what you do? You go to, you say, well, I wouldn't be a professor in a school system. Well, why don't you go try it and then say you won't do it? Get, get all the training you need to get to that place where you can even be a professor and then decide not to be the professor. That's okay. I was in the Navy for 14 years. Go do 14 years in the military, then decide to get out of the Navy. And, and yeah, you can do that. Don't tell somebody. I don't tell people to get out of the military anymore. I don't even tell them not to go in. You got to make that decision completely on your own. Somehow you need to get a hold of God. You know what David was doing? He's learning how to make decisions with God. You know what's wrong with us today? We don't know how to make a decision with God. 
We've never grown in life enough to get to the place in life out there. I'm 64 years old. I've been through this for 42 years. I know exactly what to do. You do what God says, period. I didn't know that 42 years ago. I learned it. David's learning it. He experiences Saul's death. Verse 2, he, Nabal and Abigail, he, he comes in and angry. You know what a lot of people do? We get angry before we think. We just get mad before we think. David comes in, well, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. You think you've done a lot? Well, I had a verse today. <laughs> I said, I had to stop, man. I was doing my daily reading. You ought to do your daily reading. Daily reading is great. I was going to write a message on this too, and I probably will. But it's a mean verse, but it's a great verse. But it's just mean as it can be. I'll tell you what, it's, God has such a way with, with the scriptures. Uh, Proverbs 27, he said this, iron sharpened iron. Everybody likes this verse. Iron sharpened iron, so a man sharpened the countenance of his friend. Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. Yeah, if I'm going to grow it, I should be able to eat it. So he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. As, water face, as, as in water face answereth the face, so the heart of man to man. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. They aren't. They aren't. You'll never get satisfied. You'll never find a way to get satisfied. As the fun, here's the two verses that I, I had to stop and pull commentaries out. I mean, something just hit me with these two things. As a finding pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. I didn't understand that thing, so is a man to his praise. I'm like, Lord, I said, I got to figure out what that thing is, so I go pull it out. And Doc, he said, you got to get 22. Though thou should bray a fool in a mortar among wheat with a pestle, yet will not his foolishness depart from him. And then he starts explaining that, and if you've never melted, I melted lead. My dad was a master plumber, so we melted lead for um, putting the pipes together. And you would see the uh, the the... Stuff come to the, the crust come to the top and you'd, you'd get that off so you'd have pure lead. And once you got, you could remove the dross off of that. Uh, what he's saying in verse 22, fools, you can't get the dross out of them no matter what you do. You can sit there and pound on them, pound on them, pound on them. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. And he goes, and the praise, when praise comes, praise will determine what kind of character we actually have. And you got to watch it. Men will praise men to get you to do what they want. And they'll tell you how great you are. But really, you got to watch that thing. Cause, and I'll tell you what, Daniel was a great man. Shadrach, Meshach, and was a great man. But Daniel always watched. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego watched. And David watched when somebody starts praising them not to get the big head. Because you start getting the big head, and pretty soon you're going to get that thing popped. And you ain't going to like it when it pops all over the place. The Lord will pop that thing. I don't want to get my head beat with a pestle. I said, Lord, I like that thing right there. I said, take the dross off. Let me be in a place where the dross can separate from the, the silver and gold, and you can get it out. Don't ever let me get to the place where it's so tied in together that I can't let go of it, that it won't let go. I said, there going, Lord, I said, man, that's, a, that's some great passage back to Samuel. Nabal and Abigail. Nabal sits there and he's, he's got all the money in the world, got everything. Greed. Greed will get you sometimes. Nabal got it. You know what David was learning? How to have grace. If it wasn't for Abigail coming up, acting like the Holy Spirit, David would have killed Nabal and everything he had. She came up. He's learning old man versus new man. Adam just taught about that. You know, you got an old side to you and a new side. And you got you to grow into some things. You, 
you can teach stuff all day long and you can hear it, but until you go through some things, you know the best thing you could ever do is probably be broke. I mean, in debt over your head, so you'll understand what debt over your head is. And then when you get out of it, you'll figure a way never to get back there again. I was talking to me and Levi was talking today, and, and uh, we was both saying the same thing, man. He said he's seen some stuff and was doing this and doing that, and, and he's giving money to help some people, and I'm, we're laughing. And I'm like, yeah, brother, that could be us. He goes, yeah, that was me. <laughs> he said, I used to be just like it. Have you ever went to a gas station to get gas and put it in your car, and all you had was change? That's what he, he was sitting there, walk, he walked in the gas station. Some people that worked for us, all they had was change. Man, I hadn't been like that in a long time. I get the church credit card. I mean, I'm in good shape. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, if worse comes to worse, I'll just use the church credit card. But I got all these other ones. I got to figure out which one to use first. Yet some of these people, they can't even do that. And I'm like, Lord, just, there was, that was me one day. That was me. Right there, that was me. And it's not me anymore. You know what you got to learn? You learn over the years, but you got to do something. I'm going to get to a point. He meets Abigail. He gets his first wife. Then he gets a hen uh, on and that's his second wife. I don't know why he wanted two. He gets three or four more after that, too. <laughs> Crazy man, man. I don't know why he did it. 1 Samuel 26.1, David spares Saul. Saul tried to kill him and they, uh, several times, and when David got an opportunity to kill Saul, he didn't do it. He said, no, he said, that's, he, but David was anointed too by the same man. But Saul was the king anointed. David said, I ain't going to touch him. That's character. A lot of people say, you know, all his men said, take him out, man. The Lord's delivered him. That's, that's that praise, man. That's that big head coming in there. Oh, look, the Lord's delivered Saul into your hand. No, he hasn't. Just because that thing's right in front of you don't mean I've delivered it to you. Sometimes the best thing you can do is get away. You know what David did? He went up and cut the hem off, and then he got under conviction because he cut the hem off. He felt like he went against God because he cut the hem off of Saul's border. Don't you realize, young people, what you got to realize is God is trying to train you to do something. But you're not going to get it. I was talking to a man the other day, and he, oh, i got to go find out what God wants me to do. I'll go sit somewhere for a while, and you'll get it. And I looked at him and said, hey, did you know when you got saved? He goes, Yes. I said, don't you think God can tell you when he wants you to do something? If you're doing something because you feel like you got to do something, that's flesh. That's not God. If God tells you exactly what to do, that's what you need to do. But if he doesn't, you know what you got That's freedom. If I don't know what I'm supposed to do, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll just sit down until I have a good time until he tells me. You know, there's plenty of stuff you can get done in a day's time if you just go do stuff. If you're always worried about doing something else, you'll never get anything done. David always did what was in front of him. David spares Saul again in, in 26.1. David runs. <laughs> David doesn't fight against Israel. Man, he gets down, Ziglag gets burnt. He was getting ready. He was on the other side. He ran. Sometimes we just mess up. David had to learn through his life. I'm, I'm going to get to, give me a few minutes. I'm working something in here. He had to get to a place in his life where he understood that he could trust God over himself. And until we ever get to that place, you'll never do anything for God. You can't do anything for God. There is people with talent, I mean, out to the moon, but they don't know what to do with it. And they think, I got my talent. That's a big head. I got my talent. Well, there's great preachers out there. All you got to do is go on the radio. You hear them all, man. They all think they're great. You hear every single one of them, how great they are. And then you just have to sit back sometimes and like, who, who do they think? I sometimes want to turn our stuff off, man. Every time I hear me, I get sick. 
David, David, Lord saved David. He guided him out of that thing, and the king of, of the Philistines got him out of it so he didn't have to go fight against Israel. That would have been terrible. Then he comes back there and finds Ziklag burned. And he realized he's just growing. He's growing from 25, he's growing to 70. He still had 55 years of life left, or 45 years of life left, that he's doing something. Ziklag's burned. He gets everything back. You know what he's doing? He's living. Every day, he's just living. Every day is meant to be lived, not in fear, in, in life. Don't let this world put so much fear in our lives that we won't do nothing with what we have. You know, the greatest thing you have is a hand and some gospel tracks right out there. You know what our job is? To tell somebody about Jesus, man, whenever you get an opportunity. That don't mean you have to run down the street and tackle somebody, get them on the ground and throw a track. I've seen people do that, man. It may work. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows if it works or not. David learns all are part of the same team. 400 went to get everybody to recover Ziklag, and 200, 200 of them were just wore out, man. You ever seen somebody just wore out? Guess what? You're going to get there someday, too. Amen. Yo, amen. Young people, don't forget, one day you're going to get old. Don't waste your youth on youth. Think. Use this up here, gray matter in your head, to think about what you want to do in life and then start doing something. And what you'll do is you'll figure out what it is. But after a while, you're going to get tired and old. And David said, no, no, no. If those that stay by the stuff get the same as those who went. And he divided everything evenly. That's great. That's the best communist policy I ever heard. That's socialism working great. Welfare. I like welfare. Second Samuel 2.4, David is anointed king over Judah. Saul gets killed. David comes up, they make him king. 2 Samuel 5, 1, David becomes king. Could you imagine God's been working in David's life for a long, long time to get him ready? Although he anointed him, he wasn't ready to take over the kingdom yet. You know, there's a lot of stuff you got to do sometime to be a king. When you start having people under you, there's a lot of people. That, David had Joab under him. He had a mace under him. He had all kinds of people that were just, I mean, they're just trouble all the way through. You know what David had to be? as king over all of them. And he had to be able to handle what was going on in that crowd. David did a great job, but he learned. Uzzah, David, David didn't learn. He didn't know how to serve God. David knew God. He knew of God. He knew about God. He talked to God. But one day he said, I'm going to bring the Ark of the Covenant up. And they go down with a new cart. And Uzzah, the thing moves, and you heard the story. Uzzah reaches out. All he did was reach out to keep the ark from falling off that thing. God don't need you and me to keep his ark from falling off the cart. As a matter of fact, we were the one that put it on the cart to start with. It shouldn't have been there. He wouldn't have ever done that. You know what David did? He was responsible for a man dying because he didn't do something right. You know how dangerous it is for us to do stuff when we're not supposed to do it? You could cost somebody else their life. David did that several times, cost a lot of people their lives. He numbered the people one time, cost 80,000 people, plus or minus a few in there, their lives. We're always in a hurry to go out and do something for God, but do you know sometimes when you go to do something, you do it the wrong way and you can cost somebody something? I've seen church after church after church hurt people over the years for no particular reason because I'm going to be the man of God and you're going to do what I tell you to do. That is about ignorant. Each and every one of you in here have a brain in your head and you can make a decision about what you're going to do. You know what my job is to do? Is to try to put the fear of God in you that you'll think about it. That you'll stop for a second and say, hey, wait a minute, what would the Lord do? Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should do this. 
You say, why would you say that? Because you got a whole life ahead of you to figure out what to do. And don't waste it on what this world says. This world, it's one thing after another thing, 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 after another, thing, after another thing. It'll never stop. I can tell you in 64 years that they have tried for 64 years to control the mindset of every person on this planet. You know what they're doing right now? They're mad because you won't like a bunch of, mm, just go ahead and get shot. It won't be just a shot. It's going to be something else after that. And then something else after that. They're going to get to the place where they control everything you do. They say, well, we're going to take all the money out of the bank and give you whatever that is, Bitcoin or whatever it is, a coin. I don't care, man. It doesn't bother me. I've made it 64 years up to this point, and the Lord's taking care of me. I think I can make it a couple more somehow. I got a stack of wood over there. If y'all ever get cold, come over to the house. There's one of those things that never buy a house without a fireplace. I thought, yeah, man. Return things you borrow. Treat everyone like you, you'd like uh, to be treated. Buy whatever kids are selling on card tables in their front yards. You know, kids, man, they're little entrepreneurs too, man. Why well, go to Walmart? Just stop and get some lemonade or something for them guys. If in a fight, hit first and hit hard. I like that, man. Hey, if you got to get in it, just knock them out, man. Don't, don't take a beating for unless you have to. Polish your shoes. Be forgiving of yourself and others. I'm telling you, brother, you know, be the first to say hello. I said that, I think. You got to sit sometimes. You, I, got a, I got a book of them. It's like uh, 1,500 just real quick sayings this guy said. That if you got up in the morning and, and thought a good thought, three good thoughts in the morning before you ever got out of bed. Boy, I sure do love my wife. That's a good one to think of. Boy, I wish I had a wife that I could love. That's a, probably a good one to think of. You know, I love my kids. I'm going to go out today and work and make some money so I can support my family. Instead of, oh, I got to go to work and you got to go do it. You're wasting your life. Quit your job. Go get something else, man. Now everybody's going to quit their job and blame me for it. <laughs> Be happy in what you're doing, man. You only get one shot in this thing, by the way. One shot. That's it. I'm 64. It's over, man. I'm excited. At, you know, all these people. There's a bunch of church members. Sunday, y'all see how many's gone. They're all going down to Florida. I'm excited. A lot of young people doing it. They're going 12-hour drive to go down there and sing. Some of them singing, some of them just going. And, and you sit there and say, what happened? Well, Elizabeth got pregnant. Hannah. Hannah's going to take Elizabeth's place. Hannah's a good singer. There just wasn't no room for her in the group. You know, God made room. He got Elizabeth pregnant. <laughs> he booted her out. Now she can't go, and, and Hannah took her place. <laughs> Time and chance happen to every woman. <laughs> you... All you have, to, you know what Hannah did? I'll give you, she sit there and practiced and sang and got an opportunity to do something and did it and did it and did it and did it and did it, never thinking she'd ever get into a place and one day, boom, there it is. Elizabeth gets pregnant. Her brother caused it. He don't think he did, but he did. Uzziah, Uzziah pays for David's, David's lack of attention to God's ways. You know, every single one of us in here are responsible for knowing what God says. You don't come to church just for me to repeat out of this book what God says. You're responsible for what God says. Let's see what else I got here. Man, David flees to Abimelech. I, mean, I think I started on the wrong page. I did. It's all good stuff. Eighty-five priests get killed because David makes a slight mistake 
and he goes somewhere, and he didn't finish the job. When he seen Doeg at that temple, he should have took Doeg out. And he didn't do that. He didn't do the right thing. And 85 good men lost their lives. You know what you have to learn in life sometimes is sometimes your, your actions cause somebody else something. So you don't quit there. What you do is say, well, I'm not going to do that again. And you learn from it. You know, the Lord is gracious and merciful and kind, and he knows that. He lets us go through there. I like David in Keala. He goes down there and helps. You know what a good lesson in life to learn? That go out and help somebody, and you're going to get it in the neck. You say, well, I ain't going to go help nobody. No, go help them anyways. He goes down, and the Philistines are coming up against the city, and he's going, he goes down and tells Lord, should I go down? Yes, you should go down. Go down and save Keilah. Then he asks him again. He goes, are you sure? He goes, I told you, go down there, man. Just go down there and do it. You know the Lord knew that those people were going to turn against David? I like the way the Lord did that thing. He goes, David goes, I heard Saul's going to come down here and, and uh, get me. Well, the men, is he going to come to Keilah? And the Lord says, yes. Are they going to, and then he, the next question is obvious. Are they going to turn me over to him? He goes, yes. That's future. That's God just said yes twice. You know what David did? He got him left. You know, sometimes God is sitting there, he's warning us and telling us all kinds of stuff. That doesn't mean that's set in stone. He's just going to tell you there's many, many possibilities in life. And you get to make that choice, what that possibility is going to be. You might not be able to see the future out there 30 years, but boy, you know what you can do? Today, you can make the right choice right now. And get up and go. You know what would have happened if David hadn't got up and went? He would have never met Bathsheba. You say, oh, that's a terrible. No, I'll tell you what, Bathsheba had two kids. Actually, she had four. And two of those kids, one of them was Solomon and one of them was Nathan. And if you go out to the little manger scene out in the New Testament where Jesus is born in a manger and his supposed father is Joseph and his mother is Mary, both of their bloodlines go right back to those two kids. And you sit there and say, what was it? If David would have stopped too soon, it would have been somebody else. It would have been... Beatrice and Fred. I don't know who it would have been. It would have been Joseph and Mary. And David didn't. You know what David did? He just went on. Through trial after trial after tribulation after everything he went through, he just kept going. I wrote all this stuff down. I had it even one, two, three on the bottom of the pages, but I messed them up. Chapter 7, he has a building project. He comes in. Take, go to chapter 7. First uh, Kings chapter, chapter 7. Oh, yeah, is it 1 Kings? No, 1 first, first Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel, real quick. I'm, I'm just got a couple things to say, and then I'll, a couple other things to say, and I'm done. Maybe. <laughs> David 7 1 says that it came to pass when the king sat in his house. He already took care of all his business. What you ought to do is take care of your house. You ought to take care of your stuff. You ought, to, you ought to meet the needs of your family the best you can, but don't ever forget God. David is sitting there, and the Lord's giving him peace, and he has the kingdom under control. Everything's going good for him. And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all of his enemies, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See, I dwell in, in, the, in the house, a house of cedars, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. Nathan said unto the king, go and do that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. All of a sudden, David got back one day, and he said, man, he goes, Lord, I'm looking back in life, and 
all the things you've done for me and for the nation and you've taken care of us. And now look at me, I'm sitting here in this and I'm taking care and you've blessed me and I'm okay and, and I don't have to worry about being on the street corner. I don't have to worry about pulling up the gas station with the chariot and, and all I got is a handful of change uh, to get, get a couple gallons of gas. Maybe if I can get that and we're sitting there counting our money to get me down the road, I don't have to worry about that no more. I don't have to worry about none of that stuff. I can just go do it. Lord, I want to do something for you. You know, somewhere in our lives, you got to get to the place down there where you want to do something for him. If you don't take care of everything today, you'll never get to the place tomorrow where you can do something for him. You're always going to be doing something for you. Always doing something for you. People say, well, all you talk about is money. No, I'm not. If you never get to the place where you can handle what God gave you, you'll never be able to handle what he wants you to do for him. And guess what? Sometimes he won't want you to do it. Have you ever thought about that? David says, I want to do this. God says, no, David, you can't. You got too much blood on your hand. He said, but I'll let your son do it. He said, I'll let Solomon build the temple. Everybody's still fighting over that temple today, man. Solomon gets born, is born in 725. Then David has a good friend, gets his, has another son, Absalom, and gets, has to leave the kingdom, and you think, well, it's all over. If you look at any point in his life, you'd see the misery all the way through there, and failure and, and, and destruction, and, and, and like he's losing all the way. And just on his way out, there's an old guy named Barzillia. I like Barzillia. I think I'm going to be more like Barzillia in my later in. Barzillia meets him, takes care of him, feeds him, gives him beds, does everything, takes care of him while he's in exile. And on the way back, he's, he's, he takes the king all the way across Jordan, goes to the other side with him. Old man king says, I'm going to take care of you. Come with me. He says, nah, I said, I'm too old. You know, sometimes his whole life, he just sits there waiting for an opportunity one time to do something for Jesus Christ, do something for the Lord, do something for God's man sitting right there. One time, one time I get the chance to do it. And there it is. And when he gets a chance, he's ready. You know what Barzillai did his whole life? He took care of business day after day after day after day after day. He said, well, that's boring. Oh, that's fine. One day the king was coming across Jordan and I got to help him. Matter of fact, I got to feed him and all of his family for three or four months while he was in exile. How about that? And then he tried to give me something and I didn't even need it after he left. He said, take, take, take my son, take my servant here, take him. Give him what you want to give me. And the door opened up. You know, I, I think it's a blessing, man. We got young people. Them little kids up here Sunday night singing. I don't know about you, man. I, I like that. I, I think that stuff's good. Aiden came up to me back here before they got up here and sing. He goes, says, how do you get a hold of God? How do you get a message to him? I said, well, that's simple. I said, you got a little, tra he's down here. So you got a little transmitter in your head. And God put that thing up here. So when you want to do it, you just turn it on. And you just start talking. So he said up here in the little microphone, I love God! I love God! <laughs> Boy, I never had that when I was a kid. Did you? I never had that. My kids got, got a taste of that. I never got a taste of that. My dad never did that for me. I never got to watch any of that stuff happen. David, 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 10, 70 years old. David departs this world. He dies. You say, what was it? Well, at 25, he said, there's one step between me and death. And he lived for another 45 years. And all the stuff David had, he was a man after God's own heart. God loved him. David never quit. He just kept going and going and going. No matter what went on, he didn't figure it all out. You know what he did? He got him an ephod, man. He said, oh, God, what do I do? 
And the Lord told him he did what he was supposed to do. He messed up. He owned up to it. A couple things. 55, 45 years later, David, he lived every day. This is what I wrote. He lived every day like it was his last. You know what you ought to do in this life? You ought to live today like it's your last day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come, but today you, it's all you got, if you got that. Live it like it's your last day and put everything you got in it. Guess what? You wake up tomorrow, live that day like it's your last day tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. Give all. Don't give some. Give everything you got to what you're doing. Everything. I mean, everything you got, just dump it all, man. I'm not saying take your bank account and put it in the... I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you wake up in the morning, give that day to Jesus Christ, every bit of it. And let him see, just see what he does with that day. There was a day, you know, you go all through your Bible, there was a day, there was a day, there was a day. I like them days, man. I don't know about you, but I like them. I like when that guy called me 37 years later, and I can remember the days me and him sitting radio on a USS Scott, and he's chewing me out because I haven't talked about Scott enough. I'm like, that was 37 years ago, and you're still upset about that? He goes, well, you mentioned a Ponce. Hey, that was just a piece of junk. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Somebody's got to talk about it. Give it all. And though he failed, David, and though he failed a few times, his life became a blessing to us all. One day down the road, way, way down the road, a woman had a child. His name was Jesus. And our Lord and Savior lived 33 years, gave up his life at Calvary. And, the, and you would think that it was the end right there. But I, I mean, I like that story when he just looks over and says, hey, today thou shalt be with me. He never finished. He never quit till he quit. And when he was ready to quit, he was working all the way up to the end trying to get people into heaven. And when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he gave up the ghost and he died. And three days later, he popped up. And it's never been the same since. And you know what we need? We need some Davids. And we need, not, not, you don't have to be a king. You just got to get up today and do what's in front of you. You know what God does? He took a man who would get up and do what he's supposed to do. My daddy sent me out there to take care of some sheep. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out in the field and I'm going to be the best sheep take care of that you've ever seen. And his brothers are all sitting there, oh, I'm big, I'm bad, I'm this. Yeah, you wait till the day you get in front of the Philistines, you whiny crybaby. All that big muscle stuff, man, all these people working out, ah. I don't care. You may be able to wrap me around in, in, like a pretzel. You may be able to do that. But when it really comes right down to it, they're the first ones to run. Here's a little young guy, man. He's ready to go up against a big old giant. Why? Because he's got God on his side. You know, we need, to get, we need to get God on our side. We don't need better lives. We need just a better Lord in our life. Well, if you get Lord in your life, your whole life will change. I'm sitting up here working on the house. You know, I dread working on the house. You know why? Because it's taking my time away from something else. I'm like, but Lord, if I don't get this done, I can't get it out of the way and go do. I haven't got much time left. If David lived to 70 and I'm 64, mathematics is like, I ain't saying I'm like David, but boy, I'm telling you what, uh, three score and 10 is going to come up on me quick. When I hear older people, just a little bit older, they'll say, you know, all my friends are gone. I'm like, I'm getting up there too. You know what y'all do? Make a bunch of young friends your friends. <laughs> Be around young people so they, they'll stick around a little bit longer. And then maybe you'll get a young heart again, and you'll go do young stuff. I'm still trying to talk Beth into going canoeing again. 
She just doesn't, ever since she fell in the water that day, she just doesn't want to do that stuff anymore. <laughs> you know what David did? He told us, he said, just do, get up. The life of David is probably, they'll try to give you all the great stories, but really when I look at the overall life, he said, it's one step between me and death. And 45 years later, he died on a bed, putting his son in charge of the, the kingdom, the one the Lord said he was going to do. And he died with peace in his heart, serving God his whole life. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But hey, don't rush the 70-year-old. Live your life, guys. Live your life. Live your life. Find out what there is to do. There's nothing in this world that can hinder you. If God be for us, who can be against us? Nobody. You can win on everything. I'm not, I'm not giving you this prosperity gospel stuff. I'm just telling you, if God puts something in your heart, he can make sure it happens. You know what David did? He slowed his life down to figure out what God was putting in his life. What, what's your plans? You ever thought, what's your plans? What's your plans? Do you have any plans? You know, I wanted to be an ET. I wanted to be an electronic technician. I wanted to be a chief. But the whole time, I did it one day at a time, one day at a time. That I would, I would, today, I was afraid. I was always afraid I was going to get kicked out of the Navy because I was stupid. I was always afraid. I was, I, was, I was afraid. If you asked me about fear, I was always afraid that I couldn't cut the mustard as an ET. I wasn't good enough. I was never good enough to be that ET. I couldn't be a good ET. I couldn't be. When I got out of the Navy, went back in, I didn't think they'd ever let me be an ET because they wanted me to take the test again. And I said, I, surely, I barely passed it last time. Surely, I'll never pass it this time. Six years later. I had all the evals said, this kid walks on water. I was still thinking I'm lousy. You know what I did? I went in there and took that test like it was the first time I ever took that test. And I, got, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I did it. And I passed it. I got 96 or 7 on that ASVAB score. It just blew me out of the water. You know what? I thought that day was just like it was the first day all over again. And when I went back to the Navy, it was the first day, it was the first day, it was the first day, it was the first day. That's what you do. You just go through life one day at a time. And guess what? You will still get to where you're 64 one day. And you'll get to where you're 65, 66, 67. But I don't care about those days out there. I'm worried about today. And then I'm worried about going home, going to bed tonight and waking up in the morning and doing something for God. Do you want to do something for God? You do it today. You don't do it six months down the road or a year down the road or 10 years down the road. You do it today. Whatever's in front of you today, and one of these days, he might just stick a Goliath in front of you. And you get to sling a big old rock and hit him right in the head. And you may also get to go cut his head off. Yeah, you ain't going to do that really in life. I don't want to read a story in the newspaper where so-and-so cut somebody's head off and was dragged it down to, and you go to prison forever. But, but, but I'm telling you, man, there's, there's still great things to be done for God. But somebody's got to do them. And guess what? Us older ones, young people, us older ones are getting old. I got a bunch of wood down there. The story's house needs to be stacked. I see a couple of young ladies. Three of you guys right there, right down the street. I'll bring an empty trailer up. We'll see what y'all do. Brother, you know what you got to do? Is get in your mind that I'm going to be like David. I know that one day I'm going to die, but that day ain't today. So I'm going to do today, and I'm going to run, and I got to do whatever I got to do for God. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. No, it was a simple message. It wasn't hard. It wasn't complicated. But Lord, all the way through David's life, he was, he was afraid that day talking to Jonathan that his life was just about going to be over. And Lord, 45 years later and all the things that he got to do in those 45 years, just amazing, Lord. I just touched upon a few of them. And Lord, that man's life was full of things that he got to do for you and serve, and serve you. And men followed him. And everywhere he went, Lord, it just got better and better because your hand was upon him. 
And David's life shows us, Lord, he lived a day at a time. And then when you gave him an opportunity to do something, uh, Lord, he did it with his whole heart. And Lord, he never did get upset when you didn't let him do something, like putting the temple together. Lord, he got all the stuff together. He, was, he knew he, you weren't going to let him build that temple, but you, he knew that he could help put the stuff together for it. Lord, help us to take some examples out of that man's life and apply them to ours. Lord, no matter what this world says, no matter what the Philistines say to us today, they can still say, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, or you ain't going to do this, you're not going to do this. Uh, Lord, you're greater than all of them. And Lord, you can help us to do anything. So I just pray that you'd help us put our trust in you tonight. Uh, Lord, that we'd wake up in the morning, Lord, and, and give that day to you. And Lord, see what you can do with the day. Father, again, bless the, the prayer service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.